telling you now, the world out there is not waiting for a new definition of Christianity, it's waiting for a new demonstration of Christianity. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. This is your boy Mike the Baptist. Yeah, J-Mo. It's been a while. As yeah. uh, as typically it is, when we do these podcasts, we generally start out with saying it's been a while because it, it usually has been a while. Um, definitely excited about today's topic. We're talking about the glory of God. What does that mean? We hear that so often in church and uh, in the verse uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, um, verse 31, so 1 Corinthians ten thirty one says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So, you know, what does that mean? So we're going to have a discussion on trying to break it down as best we can. And, uh, and yeah, so cool. let's jump at it. Glory of God. What is that? What do you well, got? Well, uh, glory of God, I think um, when you look at definition of glory, um, it's usually to give praise to something or to give honor or reverence to something so uh, i think in the verse when you were when you were reading it's you know whether whatever we choose to do in our action um whether our thought life our physical life everything um let it be glorifying to god let it be honoring to god so it's kind of like reminds me um in the book of john uh, first John, actually, not, not there's two different books, but in first John, same, same guy, yeah, right? same yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, but one is like um, um, when he's already like older in his life. Uh, so in first John, um, he, he just he basically tells um, through his writing, he, he says, you know, how could you love God and hate your brother? Mm. You clearly don't know God like there, there's no love in you. There's like no God. You don't know God. Mm -hmm. So it's like a person that, that claims to do all these works but doesn't have the evidence of, like, mm. love, like loving his brother right. and stuff. Um, then that person's not really living his life for the glory of God, right? So if, to, if I do everything to honor God, I like, and I, I want to make this distinction because a lot of times... Um, if I correct you, like if you like hypothetical, right. right? And you say if you did something wrong, right? You stole something from from you know Wawa or something like that. <laughs> Shout out to Wawa. Yeah, like you stole like a couple thousand dollars at Wawa or something. You bank which robbery. I didn't. Which I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> um, and then you, I find out as a believer, as a as mm -hmm. a person, because you claim to be a, a believer, a Christian, right? I I can code to you and be like, hey. Like that is wrong, clearly, because in scripture it's cut, it's clear, mm. you know, um, do not steal, right? So I can go to you and say, hey, you know, what's wrong with you? Like that, that is a clear violation of what God wanted, right? You might have a big problem with that, and you might say, hey, you're not operating in love, because, uh, mm. but it's actually l love for you that I'm d demonstrating in correction. So I want to make that distinction because there's a lot of things that mm. the people we're living in a time where now if you say something to me and I don't like it, I'll just get up and walk away. Right. I've seen a lot of that, like a lot of like social debates and uh, where where someone gets confronted, whether it is of sin or of something else. Right, right. 
And a lot of times, like recently, I, I see uh, the person that's getting attacked. Oh, I don't want to deal with this. I'm not even dealing with this. Bye. Like, and they just walk away mm. and they'll feel content. So like, yeah, I want to make that distinction because if we're going to live like for the glory of God, it incorporates, you know, um, telling the truth at times. You know? So let's define what the glory of God is like yeah. as a, as a benchmark. So the glory of God would be, I know you had a definition, like a formal definition for it. Yeah. It was to give like, um, like praise or, or, um, for someone is like for like actions. Mm. So like to praise somebody for their actions, I'm giving someone glory. Right. Uh, but then I think it's a little, it's, that doesn't really kind of like encompass yeah. what when like, we talk about God, you talk about glory, God, right? it's like everything that he's created. So like, you know, you look at Genesis, you look at all these things, like the heavens declare the glory mm. of God. Yeah. So when it's talking about the heavens, it's talking about, you know, the literal sky that you see, mm -hmm. <laughs> the literal outer space that you see. Right. And then even heaven itself, like the place dwelling place where God lives at this current moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It reflects. It declares. It, declares, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it speaks of it. It's a reflection of who he is in his majesty. So so think of um, think of a light bulb. I'm looking at a light bulb right now. So mm -hmm. think of a light bulb The the glory that we see and it's blinding as I'm looking directly into it is is. Like brilliance. The, the device, the little device that's in the bulb itself, when that's illuminated, what comes out is is the glory. It's it's all that that can shine and that can that is uh, that it, it, of what's created inside that device, um, and and that's who God is. It's, it's like if you look at the sun you're going to go blind because the glory of the sun, the power of the sun, the, the shine that it's giving out, all, it's, all of what it is, it's going to blind you. And if you get too close to it, it'll kill you. And in Scripture, it, it talks about that, right? That um, to, to, to see God is to be dead, right? Because his glory's going to, you can't see him. Um, you, you can't look at him. He's too, he's too glorious. He's too powerful. He's um, too majestic so that the glory of God would be that. And, and so for us, we would have to, to think about the concept of, of, I mean, there's several things that we could, we could dive into. We can navigate different, different ways. I've been in church circles where it's like, we're calling upon the glory of God to rain down on this place mm -hmm. or, or we're trying to manifest for ourselves the glory of God. So when we go out into the street, we're reflecting this light or this kind of glow, whatever it is that that's trying to be that that's trying to be manifested at that moment. And. And so that's like one piece of when I hear people talk about the glory of God, but when, you know, scripture talks about the glory of God, particularly in that verse, it talks about in everything you do do it so that it's a reflection of so it's so it's uh, pointing to the majesty the greatness the the brilliance of of god and again going back to the light bulb analogy that when people look upon that it's blinding the light the truth the 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 love the awesomeness is overwhelming 
when you when you have direct sight to that whatever you're looking at in this case we're talking about the light bulb right but if we're talking about god his love is overwhelming his 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 grace is is blinding it's it's you can't escape it kind of feeling and and the glory of god would be in everything that we do that we would be pointing back at him as being the one that's most most uh, important Mm -hmm. and all satisfying john piper talks about that in uh a lot of his preaching he talks about that um and he and he mentions he's quoted in saying that god is most um i don't want to misquote it it says um god is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him so I'll say that again. God is most glorified in you when you you are most satisfied in him. And it's what it's saying is when he's made much of, like when the Lord's Prayer, uh, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like that word is, is, is may your word, may your name be lifted up so high that it would be all satisfying that it would be it would be so majestic to us that it it, that name would be a big deal Mm. right um so in our lifestyle so going back back to that verse whether you eat or you drink or whatever you find yourself doing do it all for the glory of god that everything that we do would point back to the fact that these things are temporary. Our phones, our the podcast, everything's a temporary thing, but it's not the God thing. It's not the ultimate thing. He is the ultimate thing. He is the thing that's most satisfying. So in everything that we do, it would it would appear to others that he is more satisfying than anything that we have. So when we eat our food, it's not like we're eating it in a way that's like a glutton, right? We're we're eating giving him praise, giving him thanks, humility for the fact that we have a meal that the, the the appearance that we have, our work ethic, the way we are relating to our families, the way we relate to our friends, the way we worship him in truth and in spirit, that it would be apparent to other people that he is the most important thing and that he is the all-satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, not the phone, not your computer, not your not your knowledge, not your relationship, nothing else is all satisfying. He is all satisfying and he is informing the way you're using and interacting everything else. That is what the glory of God in your day-to-day would, would mean or would, 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 would be, um, I guess. Yeah, so um, yeah, I agree. I mean, um, based on the definition, it has basically two definitions, and it kind of is similar to what you were saying. Um, the first one uh, for glory, if you just look it up, just type it in Google, uh, it says high renown. So when you think of something that's high renown, that's almost like a king, right? That's right. almost like a, a person or someone that is completely separated from you. So it's kind of similar to what you were saying about the brilliance of a, mm. a light bulb. Yeah. So high renown, God's glory is it's it's higher, you know, than than you, right? right? Um, the second thing is it says or uh, honor 
won by notable achievements. And I feel like God encompasses both of these things. So not only is he high renown in position because he has the highest position right. ever made like yeah. you know what he's I mean? never like, lost it yeah, never yeah no, just no battles lost he's always like, been yeah, yeah always the constant but then there's also um glory is honor won by notable achievements so if if we are to like back to the verse if we are to live lives that are honorable to god mm. it's really just our life and that's kind of like you you see in different parts of the bible where um it's it's not like in in one particular verse it talks about fasting right and then it says obedience is mm. better than like sacrifice so if you have this mentality that i'm yep. going to sacrifice i'm going to be all hungry and look all all you know yeah. matter of fact it says the contrary don't like if you're looking down like like don't even appear right. to be like just be like you know um <laughs> put makeup on or do something like yeah, yeah. hey Fix guys clothes, like yeah, yeah like muster up some energy or whatever but it's like because what's done in secret is kind of like glorifies god yeah. right so um yeah so one by notable notable achievements mm. and so like it kind of um brings me to like job right so Job in the Bible, he's like this man who's like, af like nobody liked Job. He's like mm. practically innocent, like just has this beautiful relationship with God. And then Job gets um, God, Satan comes to God's presence. I don't know how that's possible, but right. <laughs> he allows yeah, him, into, he allows presence, him right. into his presence at that time in history. Um, and um, God goes to Satan and says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? And so God gives this parameters for Job mm. for Job to be inflicted. Mm. Um, God says you you to Satan, you can do all these things, but don't touch his life, right? So fast track. Right. It's like this dialogue in the book of Job, like 30, 38 chapters, uh 38, 39 chapters right. of this dialogue of between him and his Job and his friends saying, Hey, what did you do? Job is like, I'm blameless. So if you ever had to think of a person that was living his life sold out for the glory of God, his actions were always sold mm. out for glory of God. And yet the outside looking in, his friends couldn't really understand that. Right. He definitely had to have sinned, he right? For sure. Sin. Yeah. He had to. Like, clearly, you have boils. <laughs> and, um, your whole family died in one instance. All your riches are gone in one day. You definitely did something yeah, wrong. Yeah, you did something yeah, wrong. Yeah, like yeah. you, God has something against you, because if He controls everything, yeah, you know. So they're trying to rationalize it, and so I, I just want to read this real quick. Which is what we see as you're looking for that. Yeah. We see that a lot in our culture today, where people that like turn away from the faith, there's certain level of persecution that might come their way whether it's social social persecution or actual persecution or they didn't achieve a certain level of success that they tried to to attain when writing a book or putting out music or anything that they were trying to do and we're seeing more and more public figures starting to renounce the faith and when you look at the track record there might be some instances where there was failure or they, they there's a a lack of rationale but be you know uh, uh, regarding uh, possibly the things that you're saying there's there's a lot of loss and now the response rather than it being one of 
wrestling with God and God saying, hey, I'm in control, right? I'm doing it for my glory and us surrendering to that, to him. Um, We're seeing a lot more of that other pushback where it's like, well, I'm just going to, this clearly is not logical. So God must be against me. And so there must not be a God. So I just walk away where Job is the example of someone who could have easily said there is no God because all these things happen to me. I've been living for the glory of God my whole life and I'm blameless and this is what happens. And so he could have easily been like, yo, guys, this faith thing is is BS. I'm out. He chose not to go that route. He chose to wrestle with God and God gave him a response that was probably unfavorable to the human thinking which was you know where were you when i created you know all that stuff so anyway yeah i think it's the human thing like um i don't know like like back to what you were saying even before i read this um it's kind of like in a scenario like that where um like it's almost like they thought christianity offered them something right and God didn't come through. It's it's really expe- a matter of expectation. So if your expectation is like God's gonna give me a Bentley, mm. I'm gonna be so wealthy, I'm gonna be taken care of, I'm gonna be all this stuff. Right. Clearly, this man Job had no flaws. Like if there was anybody closer to perfection, it's probably closer. Of course, he sins, but he. I mean, he was completely blameless before the sight of God. And yet, from like the law standpoint, from the law right? Standpoint, so we go, yeah, 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 yeah. The, you know, uh, he didn't steal, didn't do all those stuff. You know, right. had a great, but he was prosperous. That's the crazy thing. He that means he was wealthy. If you put him in this modern era, he would be a millionaire, maybe even a billionaire. Mm. He had all the sheeps, all the you know, all that yeah, stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> balling, balling yeah, yeah, with sheep. Triple sheeps. What yeah. you want? Black, white, <laughs> spotted. Like I got all sheep, horses, right? And then everything, it's kind of like that. If I, if I put Job in this modern era, yeah. it's, this, it's a billionaire you know, who loves Jesus, who completely sold out, reads his word daily, just has a great Christian family, gives money to, to churches mm. in, in need, and, um, builds up orphans, orphanages. Everything that you could think of now in this modern era right. speaks has a podcast, <laughs> better you podcast, know, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, uh, is a preacher, whatever you want, yeah. like fill in the blank, billionaire preacher, like the perfection human. And then in one day, the Gone. stock market, everything just crashes. He <laughs> loses his house. His whole family dies. Your whole family's dead. Crazy. Not only is that, you got boils. Literally the next day you got boils now all over your body that you have to get, open up a piece of glass and start cutting yourself so that it, the pus can get out. And then all your homies, your your wife's dead, your your seven, eight kids are dead. No car, no credit, no, 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 no bank. Bank of America doesn't even want to know your name. Deutsche Bank doesn't even want to know your bank. Deutsche Bank's like, excuse me, sir, your investments are, are no longer valid. Completely yeah. gone. A credit Man. card shredded, no money. And then your friends I don't know how long this period's lasting. And I don't know if they it even like, extended a, a hand of it help or anything. A, it yeah. could have been a couple years. We don't know how long Job suffered. Yeah. You know, we, we like to think it's only a week. Who knows it was three years. Constant. And his friends coming to him trying to be like, hey, man, who's also a believer, 
his friends come and say, hey, man, you clearly did something wrong. Right. But and you can't stay in my house, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Joe, you know Joe, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so it comes to a point in uh, Job chapter 38. It says the Lord answers Job. This is after complaining with his friends for 38 chapters. Okay. <laughs> it says, then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind. I would stop right there. If anybody answers me out of a whirlwind, you know what that is? It's like a tornado. So that alone, God could literally demonstrated his glory and just said, Job, stop complaining. And then the whirlwind went away. I would have been like, yo, God, clearly you are. Right. God goes in. He says this. He doesn't stop there. He says, who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? He's talking to like his homies <laughs> that are giving him bad advice. Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you will make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Earth, Tell me if you ha have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. So he's being really, really like, he says, or stretch out a line upon it. On, on what were its banks sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? He's talking about all these things of the earth. When the morning stars sang together, he's talking about angels, morning stars, right? He's like, when they sang together, or even, even the physical, they say that the stars actually sing, right? Um, he says, where were you when the morning star, when the uh, morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or, sh or who shut the sea with its doors and it burst out of the womb when i made the clouds its garment and the thick darkness its swaddling band and i don't even have to keep going on because it goes on for a couple chapters just laying his resume just out laying just his resume. Ten, ten, ten. He, he goes into the like where were you when i made the horse who doesn't retreat for nothing like he just goes in and job's response is like clearly i was a man that spoke without like mm. i had i'm nothing mm. but a speck of dust I don't want to stop it there because it's a little depressing. <laughs> right, right, right. But it, it could stop there and God's glory would be completely demonstrated in that. Right. He's he's not his glory regardless. God receives glory, right? Right. God reestablishes him, gives him a new family, all returns wealth to him. But it's an illustration. Actually, to more wealth than he had even before. more double. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, for your troubles, sir. For, for your, for your but troubles. But it's really yeah. to demonstrate. Yeah, he yeah. could have stopped it there and God, that was enough. Yeah. You know, but God is a loving God. See, that's yeah. the thing is like people don't are not used to that. Like um, that, that type of strong talk thinking that God, they matter of fact, the image that they have of God a lot of times is God is loving. How could he do? Yeah. How could he treat me like this? There was this. Yeah, there was this. Um, someone had posted it on Facebook uh, where I think it was. Uh, I think I want to say James White posted something on facebook um, and it said i, I want to get it right i always mess up when i try to quote something so he said yeah the question was when you have in genesis it says uh, god loved um loved it was it esau and hated um oh, oh loved jacob hated esau <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it says god loved jacob and hated Esau. And then right after that, there's somebody who questions that. And they said, you know, how can a loving God hate Esau? And then the rebuttal was, how could a perfect holy God love Jacob? Who's a sinner. 
when God looked at the earth and he saw that it was evil continuously, continuous evil in, that coming from people, there was continuous evil. There was killings and there was, you know, uh, uh, just sexual immorality and there was just uh, you know, the thought life, the emotional life, everything evil continually. How could God look at Jacob and say, I love him? That's insane. But the question always comes first from us is, well, how could he hate? God is supposed to be love. Well, how could he love you as a sinner in all of your wickedness and all of who you are and all of the separation that that we should have between us and God? Him being perfect and his standard is perfection and we fall short of his glory. Romans 3, period. There's none that are good. How is it possible that he would even acknowledge us in any way? And, um, and that's the culture that we live in. I, I remember hearing another podcast where the lady, she was, she's very famous and, and I don't, I don't remember who she was, but, um, she's very famous. If, if I pulled it up, you would know who she is. And she left the faith. She was very, very deep into, into Christianity and she left the faith. And on the podcast, they say, you know, why'd you leave the faith? She's like, you know, I read the verse that, um, that God that God hated Esau. And she said, I couldn't fathom and understand that. And then later on, as she looked at scripture and she started to see other, other verses in scripture where it talks about how uh, essentially like God shows mercy on who he shows mercy to. And, and she started to see just these different things where it was basically God, God choosing between people to say, look, I accept him and I'm not accepting him. I accept her. I am not accepting her. And she just couldn't grasp that concept to say. She finds it unloving. She finds it completely unloving. So she's like, it's impossible. So I can't, I can't worship this God. I can't serve this God because he's unfair, essentially is what she said. Yeah. That the gospel, that, that, that the blood of Jesus should really cover everybody regardless, right? There's no need for repentance or nothing like that. There's no need for any of our part it should just be like hey all is forgiven keep living your life don't worry about it and the question if it were to come on the opposite side to say well god is a holy god whose standard is perfection and if we're the lawbreakers and he's the judge he's the one who is regulating the law he is the one who is who who's going to make the determination we've offended him he's the one who has to make the decision if He's going to show mercy on us. We can't just bring anything be like, all right, God, yeah, you owe me. God's going to push it away and be like, Haha, yeah, homie, like I'm the one who decides. You don't just bring me garbage and decide if I need to. I'm supposed to accept it. No, no, no. I decide if I accept that. When we, when we think about our posture before God and our response to God is very different to that. To go back to the example of that lady in the podcast, she was... Um, she her posture was god you're unfair when the unfair part is that god would extend love to any of us it's insane that he would even show grace to any of us because of our sin and our rebellion against him um but obviously we have that's why the good news comes into play because god does provide a way he provides christ and you know etc we'll get into that a little bit later um but that when you think about the resume that is god's glory 
right? Some of the misconceptions, I think, from from reading Scripture, and there's there's like a weird correlation between like the glory of God and the will of God. To do the will of God is to reflect God's glory, because God's glory is perfection, and He has a certain standard that um, that we cannot obtain, obviously, without Christ. But there is an accountability that we need to behave and live out rationally and um and and it talks about that in in romans 12 in romans 12 it talks about uh it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy so in light of the fact that we are sinners in need of grace we fall short of god's glory these are all the things that god did in the sacrifice of jesus And so in light of his mercy to us, that we would even have a relationship in the first place with God, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So if you want to worship God, it's not necessarily just vocal or with music or, you know, going to church. And we have worship in the beginning of service. No, everything is worship. All of service is worship. When you come home, it's worship. When you, the, you know, what you spend your time doing is worship. What you spend your money on is worship. How much food you eat is worship. You know, everything. Um, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfected will. So there's this interchangeable way that you can use the glory of God in that to manifest, to reflect God's glory, it comes along with obedience. It's living out the will of God. Um, And... What I've seen, at least in some movies, and maybe some people who are listening have that experience, is like the bad guy in the movie is like a Christian dude or a guy who claims to be Christian. And he's walking around killing people, just killing people. And he's like, I'm doing God's work. It's usually the portrayal of what Christians are in in Hollywood is either fanatics or like this type of person that has no reason or they're dumb. Like... And then they portray like the person that doesn't believe in God as the intellectual or the person that has all the answers. And ha- it's just because yeah. it's almost like we're operating on a lower frequency than right. them because they're they have they they're so smart and intelligent yeah. that they know that God doesn't really exist. Right. That's really how like it's portrayed in Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that the Christian faith is troublesome. We cause issues and we where we we actually are contradicting and all kinds of things. And when you see that play out, even through history, when you look at when you look at uh, the Crusades where and not to get into super deep on the Crusades and all that. But, you know, there was a time period where uh, even outside of the Crusades where people would basically forcefully try to get other people to convert to Christianity and threaten them by death. And in some cases, and in many cases in the Crusades, it was you would murder, they would murder the opposing worldview 
if they didn't embrace Christianity. And a lot of what you would see in uh, when, when you have the conquistadors and all that, and they come and they bring Catholicism to the world, they were doing so in a way that was like, hey, we have these resources, come convert to Christ. But if people were practicing other things there's a possibility that would have gotten their head chopped off. They saw a dude get their head chopped off. They're like, yeah, Jesus, yep, yep, he's good. He's cool. You know, and then later on, like, it just became so cultural that they started to embrace aspects of Christianity, and you would see them have, like, their version of a virgin, and then they would have their version of the Christ and all that in their culture. So they would have their own, you know, replication of it later on. But it's this forceful demeanor uh, in historic in history, where uh, people would be killed to have to believe in Christ, and you might see that in some uh, cases of radical Islam and so forth, where you would get people to be murdered, and and the justification for that would be, well, there's certain verses in the Bible where we where 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 it's outlined that that was the activity that was played out, and so they believe that not only are they doing God's will. But they're reflecting God's glory mm-hmm. in doing that, and um, and that has when you when you think about after Christ, so after Jesus came, and He said, "I I didn't come to abolish the law; I came to fulfill the law." And in fulfilling the law, the things that maybe were done in the past or maybe situations that were specific to a certain time period for God's people to carry out, meaning Israel, to carry out during those specific instances against pagan nations so that they can obtain their land and all that. Very specific, calculated for the purposes of this. So now that this is this, all that activity that you did before, you're not continuing to do that. You did it once for a certain purpose, for my glory, to exercise judgment on these people. And now when you got this thing and you got to this place, now those practices are no longer. Um, And John Piper puts it really awesome uh, where he talks about like, um, you know, military books would have certain prescriptions for certain situations. It would say like, let's say like chapter one, it's like if if you're caught in a hostage situation, act this way. Uh, situation two, if you're in this situation, you do this. Situation three, if you're in here, you do that. And it would be unjust for someone to carry out, you know, the, the first prescription in a situation that is a war-free zone or neutral situation. Like, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be called for because the book is telling you specifically, like, in this situation, you do this. But in this situation, you don't do that. And in scripture, it's like during this time period for these people, for a specific situation, you're going to exercise my judgment on this group of people. It doesn't, it's not justifying for us now in today's time to go out into the streets and just start slaughtering people and be like, I'm doing it for God's will to reflect God's glory. You're actually not because it wasn't prescribed for you to carry out the activity. If you follow where I'm kind of coming from, right? Um, so in movies or in real time, we see where people will use scripture, particularly the Old Testament, to justify hatred or violence or discrimination and saying they're doing God's work. They're reflecting God's glory, although they might be bringing attention 
to God's character in terms of his hatred for sin and those kinds of things. God's glory is most manifested today through his son, Jesus. And we demonstrate our love for him in our action, even though we're not, we're saved by grace. Yes. Right. The Bible is really, really clear. We're saved by faith. Uh, we're saved by grace because we have faith in Jesus. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's grace that it's something we're not merited. Yeah. So to bring it back to kind of what you were saying about the, that one, uh, that one um, Bible teacher or something like that, mm. the woman that you said that yeah, I yeah, would yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I yeah. don't know at the moment. If I had to show you, yeah, yeah, you would yeah. know that like, she's popular um, in she's the no secular realm. She's no longer a believer right now, yeah. because she, she read the story of Esau and she thought, oh, how unjust, right? Um, I like how R.C. Sproul, God mm. rest, you know, yeah. is no RC, longer with us. Shout out to R.C. But um, R.C. Sproul, he yeah. basically illustrated it like this. It's like we're both sinners, right? So me and you, we're both sinners, right? Now, God chooses to say, hey, Michael, I'm going to give you, I'm going to open up your mind and your heart so that you can know me. Now, first of all, backtrack. We're both sinners, right? I deserve what? The, the wages of Judgment, sin is yeah. death. Yeah. I deserve death, right? I deserve it. You deserve death. Yes. Right? Now God's grace comes and says, Michael, I want, I'm, you're going to serve me. Boom. For me, I'm saying, hey, that looks very unjust. But for you, you it's not unjust because he chose you. Right. He's not he's not demonstrated injustice. Right. He's demonstrating grace. He chose you. You still were a sinner just like me. But it, he's not for me. He's not demonstrating injustice. I still deserve death. Mm -hmm. It's just and, it, and people can see I can see how I can clearly see. I'm not crazy mm -hmm. how someone can say, man, that's injustice. If you're not selected. If everyone's winning the lottery around you and then you're like the one that's like, dude, like the only one in your family that hasn't won. And you're like, dude, like then that's an issue of jealousy, not even jealousy, but just like other things like. I can see it. I had someone I knew who was in that. Now, situation. now on a person now for you, what is your demonstration? Like, God, you chose me or God, mm. you you love me. What your demonstration is like, God, like, ah. Uh, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Right. And that's a demonstration of a believer when when um, the Holy Spirit comes in into your life and, and gives you that provenial grace or whatever that right, right, right. just that you're awake to your sin and you repent, you turn from that sin and you put your faith in Jesus. Now you are a new creation. You're born again. Right. That person receives grace. But apart from that, if God didn't intervene, it would be like you would just be just like any other person. But I don't receive me not being accepted or not even accepted. That's a horrible word. But like God choosing not to to bring me to that provenial grace is I can see how it seems unjust to people. Yeah, but I do deserve my sins does the, the thing is like even for like the listener who who's first time you know not really understanding anything about the faith and all that um we don't know what that means in terms of like who's chosen who's not chosen all that the, but the word does give this he it articulates that god shows mercy on who he chooses to choose to show mercy 
And the person who has received mercy and is in that place where where it's like, man, God, I know you. I know who you are. You've, you've revealed yourself to me. I worship you all the days of my life. I understand this gospel. I understand who Jesus is. I have this relationship with you. And, man, my brother is not. He, he doesn't. So instead of it being like, God, you're unjust. You didn't save my brother. It's like, God, please reveal yeah. yourself to my brother. I want him to have this thing. And whatever I need to do, to, to I'm going to serve him. And whatever, I don't know how this whole thing works. But like, I want you to be awakened and 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 confess your sin and and I want you to love Jesus. I want you to experience who Christ is because this is the only way. He He is the way, truth, life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. There's no other way. There's no other avenue. Please, um, that's what the believer's life is spent doing: mm-hmm. is pleading, it's serving, it's loving, it's sacrificing, it's yeah, for the people that that have not responded are not showing fruit that are are denying the faith it's it's that it's not an arrogant thing and some people would 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 think it it's arrogant say oh well you're on this place where you think you're better than no it's actually the opposite it's like i don't deserve this to even know who you are god i don't even deserve to understand your word mm-hmm. the fact that i understand your word that my life has changed in terms of my desires and my conviction of sin and in everything all of that the fact that that has changed is something that i don't deserve and i didn't choose and god so so now that i'm in here and i'm and i'm and i'm and i'm i have exposure to your glory your glory is at hand and i see it and it's perfectly manifested in the person of jesus Jesus is the all-encompassing manifestation of God's glory on this earth that we that he even lived in human history and that we have an understanding of who he is and he's revealed himself and and we get just this this opportunity to engage with him um it's humbling if anything and 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 God's glory is manifested through the person of Jesus as he lived on this earth. So giving us this example of what it means to live in obedience to God. This example that it was far beyond just the letter of the word, but now it goes into your thought life and your desires and all these things that really put us on a place where it shows us you are really a sinner. You're so deep of a sinner that it's really impossible for you to not be a sinner because of all the criteria that is involved. So what do you say to somebody that says, um, why put parameters? Who said I sinned? God said you sinned. Yeah. And God that, is, is the standard. Is the standard, right? But I'm, I'm just trying to play yeah. devil advocate. In reality, there's a lot of people that, um, like, you look at different religions. I'm not going to shout out any of them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But um, there's some religions that believe that um, that morally they, you're born good. Yeah. That you, just by your works you can achieve goodness. Yeah. Right? Actually, I think it's, um, and I'll shout it out, Christian science, I believe, either Christian science or Scientology. I know they're different. I, I think it's Christian science. Christian okay. science. Christian, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I keep saying the word. I'm not going to keep saying it. But 
it, I think on the website, it literally says our values, people are generally good. Now, that's us comparing ourselves to other yeah. people. Yeah. I'm not I saying think, that. I think if you reduce it to simple, simpler form, uh, terms, like yeah. thought processes, what is good? Mm. Are you good? A lot of times people rationalize their behavior because they say, hey, I'm not a killer. I'm not him. So I'm. Yeah, I'm I right. stole that thing from work or I did that right. one thing. I didn't do it, but you know, just saying hypothetical. <laughs> you know, I did this, I yeah, did yeah. that, right? I stole this car or I did this, but I didn't kill someone. Yeah. So we rationalize. And so, of course, God, of course, Jesus is going to forgive me because I'm not, you know, so on what standard? Like, we're not just, of course, God, Jesus is going to forgive me. Uh, hey Jesus, here's my resume. I'm slotting it over to you. I did a couple things bad, but look at all these things yeah. I've accomplished. So yeah, you you owe me. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy posture. Mm-hmm. You owe me now. So remember that heaven thing that you keep talking about? Yeah, that's mine. I want the I want the you build the mansions for us. I want the I want the big suite because you owe. So, me. But look at the dialogue that you read in Job, right? Like when he's having this dialogue with, and he and God finally responds. First of all, I only read like three sentences, one chapter. He goes in three, yeah, four yeah, chapters. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but he starts go giving his resume. Like, I think people have like the wrong illustration of who God is. This is like everybody's brainwashed to think God is loving. How could he do something right? right? But if you really thought God is complete perfection. You know, and, and so I think a lot of times, like, the way that you rationalize what good is, like, we've all fallen. The Bible is very clear. we all fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God. That's yeah. it right there, right? That's the word yeah. that we're using. We all fall short yeah. of the glory of God, the manifestation, the greatness, the grandness, the light bulb thing that we talked about, right? That, that, that brilliance, the perfection. Yeah, it's kind of like um, what would you do if there was a person that was completely perfect in this world? 100% perfect, never sinned, never did anything. I mean, completely perfect. You know, you would kill him. <laughs> People, humanity would kill him because every time you see this guy's face, he's like, man, he's uh, too goody shoe, you know, too good shoes or whatever. What do you say? The goody two shoes. Goody yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoe, good two shoes. <laughs> two shoes, yeah. another foot. Yeah, goody yeah, two yeah. shoes, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's this guy, man. Every time I see this guy, this guy got the right answer. This Every time I see him, man, he's going to be good. What you going to, like, you heap abuse on this guy. His life would be such a brilliant light bulb that you humanity would have no choice to kill him because our natural inclination is darkness. We gravitate mm. towards it's so easy, right? You think about food. I think about it this way, like you think about food, right? Mm. Like I, there was one time that um, you know you visit your coworkers in their cubicles. Yeah, they had like these candies, these jelly beans, right? Yeah, and everyone stops like, by me because I got Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was started grabbing. I'm like, man, th- like I don't even know what kind of jelly beans these are. These are amazing. They're like you could tell they're like name brand. You know, what <laughs> I mean, he, this is not some Costco stuff. This is like you got the good stuff, right? So I was like, wow, this is amazing, and I just kept eating. I was just like talking to her, and, but I just kept eating them. Dang. And then I got a stomach ache. That's and immediately right. I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, like, that's how sin is. We gravitate towards, like, it's so easy to gain weight and so hard to lose it. Why does broccoli take, first of all, I love broccoli. I love broccoli. Shout out to broccoli, yo. <laughs> Shout out to broccoli. 100%, yo. <laughs> Why does broccoli taste the way it is, but then a slice of pizza, which is not so healthy for mm, me. I love pizza. 
Yeah, is look at the difference. And I think God illustrates that in life. Like things that are not necessarily bad for you, mm -hmm. but like it's easier to sin. It's easier to gain weight. It's easier to eat 150 jelly beans. But it doesn't mean that it's beneficial for you. And there's an illustration within food, within different things. Everything that is like good in life, mm -hmm. if you do something 100, like sex is amazing. But if you do too much, like you could probably burn yourself out, right? You probably could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, like sure food is amazing. You eat too much, you're you, gonna be a weight You're gonna, gonna be the biggest loser you or something. Die, yeah. bro. Like too much of anything is not bad, and so there is, there's like things that I think God chooses to do, that kind of shows us in life, like man, like everything might not be beneficial. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And, and that's what you see. And right now I'm looking up um, real quick. I'm, I'm going in to look up a, a verse because as you were talking, uh, I thought of a verse. It says, yeah, because you were talking about the, that, that perfect person that's coming in yeah. and their mere perfection would basically shine a light on our imperfections yeah. or our flaws or our our lack of success for me that 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 jealousy moment that uh, moment is when when i get caught up in like vlogs and i look at this you know these people and they're like living on a boat in the middle of bahamas you know because they're doing whatever and they're making all this money and they're just like it seems the story that I make in my mind and the story that they're trying to tell me is that they're living this amazing, stress-free life, which could be totally untrue or could be true. Who knows? Inside of me, it makes me reflect on my lack of what they don't have. For me, I, everything's provided for. Everything's taken care of. I have no lack of, thank God. But I look at that and I see, I'm like, oh, I'm doing nothing in my life. I ain't got nothing going on with me. And... And that's 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 terrible. So the so someone who might be shining their brilliance, their majesty mm -hmm. at us makes us feel inferior. And, and there's the oh, I'm going to change this or, or I hate my life or so many extremes. But when we look at scripture, John three, we know John three sixteen says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already. So we're already under condemnation. Everyone is already under condemnation if you don't believe in Christ. So that's like the even playing field. But well, that's kind of like what R.C. Sproul was saying. Right. Is that it's not unjust. Exactly. That's what you deserve. Exactly. We, I deserve. That's everyone it. deserves. Everyone's under condemnation. There's no, everyone's on the same playing field. You want to be on the same playing field? Everyone's under condemnation unless you believe in the son. The son is what gives you life. So it says, um, so whoever does not, does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. That light came into the world, which is Jesus. Jesus is the light. He is the glory of God. He is the flesh glory of God. Woo, just word coming to us. You know what I'm saying? That light came into the world, but God, the, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, uh, hates the glory of God, hates God's majesty, his, 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 his presence. You hate it because it reflects, it shows, it brings up to our darkness, right? So going back to the verse, uh, verse 20. 
John 3, verse 20. Everyone who does evil hates light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds, their evil deeds, will be exposed. But whoever lives by truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has already been done, has what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So to come to Christ is for all of your disgustingness to be exposed. God already knows all your garbage. He already knows all my garbage. He's seen my garbage today, yesterday, day before, this morning, today, every, every day he sees my trash. But to come to Christ is to come in contact. That initial conviction of becoming a believer, it is powerful conviction. It's a sinking heart-wrenching at least in my experience feeling to know that there was this holy god and that he had a standard and i fell short of that standard because of my sin and the light was shown on my sin all of my pornography all of my evil thoughts all of my evil deeds all of the the my the things that i've stolen from people whether emotionally or physically the time that i've stolen from people the the uh the the evil words that have come out of my mouth the violence all this stuff that just bam right in your face and it's just this gut-wrenching like wow i am atrocious because the light has shined on all of my evil but then the good comes in that now it's exposed and you have been made clean christ has taken all of that evil wickedness that the light has been shown on and he put it on himself on the cross so when we were talking earlier we said jesus Jesus demonstrated the example of of how to live a godly life in his incarnation when he was here on earth in human history he showed us what life was like and then upon his death he bore upon all the sin and and injustice and 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 the victimization that we've gone through everything that we've experienced on this earth he took it upon himself on the cross and he took his righteousness as being the perfect son of god and he transferred it to us so he gave us his righteousness and he took all of our unrighteousness and he bore it upon himself and he took it with him to death and so he pays the penalty of sin in the death and then the resurrection it's the glory of God manifested again. So the glory of God's continuous. You see the glory of God in the manifestation in the life of Jesus and exposing humanity in our sin and truly what it is. And you see the glory of God in the death of Jesus, in the betrayal, in the in the on the cross, Jesus being beaten, Jesus on the cross, uh, 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 Jesus receiving the wrath of God. The word says. It, uh, Jesus uh, was a propitiation for sin, meaning God's wrath against humanity, God's wrath against you, against me, ha- was satisfied upon the death of Jesus. Like Jesus had to bear our sin on the cross and after death, in, in, in the grave, he bore our sin. He took it. Uh, And so all of the wrath of God that was supposed to be on you and I was on Jesus. So like you think about that, like all of human histories, all of human history, all of the debt, all of the evil of human history that each and every one of us individually should be that should hold that we should have. 
the wrath of God individually for each individual was bore on Jesus. That's insane. So when Jesus is in the garden, he's sweating. He's like, let this cup pass for me. He's sweating drops of blood. And it's like, it's the wrath of... Oh, uh, let's finish that. Let this cup pass for me, but nevertheless, yeah. your will... Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be okay, done. thank you. Dang, that's yeah. crazy. But the sweating was knowing that I'm going to bear the wrath of God. It's not just I'm going I'm to bear whips. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bear this cross. It's I bore the wrath of God upon my life. For everybody. I think like, That's crazy to even contemplate. I, I get that, but I think until you get the legality term, like until it's like a legal thing. So like, Yes, go ahead. Uh, like, so a lot of times, like, you don't, people know that Jesus, like we've all heard, humanity's heard. Right, we've seen John passion. We've seen passion of the, so of the Christ. World, you know, all right. Uh, yeah, people know that Jesus died. And oh, they know right. that they died for their sins. The, the problem is the legality or the perfection. So first you there have you this holy God who knows no sin at all, not once, not never. He's fo- it's foreign to him. He's perfection. He's holy, holy, holy. In the Bible, it says three times. R.C. Sproul has a book on the holiness of God. Yeah, it's a banging book. I have it. You got to read it. If you yeah. haven't read the holiness yeah. of God, psh, ridiculous. So, so holy, 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 three times, emphasis, all that stuff, boom. So, humanity in Adam and Eve come in this world, perfection, all this stuff, right? They sin. They had a choice, right? Mm. Adam had a choice. Eve had a choice to either um, not eat from the truth of the, or the, the knowledge of the, the good and evil tree, right? They chose to sin, what we call sin, right? They separated from God. They're separated from God in that instant. Right upon disobedience, separation. Upon disobedience, done. once done. That's it. Completely yeah. separated. Right. They had a choice. Do you have a choice? You have no choice but to sin. That's the reality, and that goes back. So Adam and Eve had his choice. You are the byproduct of sin. You have no choice but to sin. Right. Yeah. So the gravity is higher. So now, I stole this from you. I stole your iPhone. It's mine. And you get stomped and so out now heavy. I get caught. And now I'm before a judge, right? And you play the judge, right? I stole, I stole this from you. I stole the judge's phone. That's how drastic this story got. T- Timberlands to the face for yeah, life. Yeah, I stole, the judge's, I stole the judge's phone. And so um, the, the judge's thing, what, is he, what do you think it's going to be? Like how how do you think it's gonna go for me? Even even look check that I even give you another I even put it a step further. You stole the judge's phone. Now give me the phone back. Give give me the phone okay, back. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I, you know what? My bad. I give you back the phone. I still have to. I'm still I still gotta go through. A you still rating, gotta go right? through it because yeah. no matter you give it back, but I still have okay. to decide. Okay, right? so, now, so I'm my, before, yeah. now I'm before you. I gave it back to you. I made amends. Okay, now legality legal wise, right? That phone costs uh, over a thousand dollars. What's that called? Grand theft? Okay, so we're in a different term right now. Okay. <laughs> now sure. I'm hoping that you'll let me go, um, and so that's how a lot of a lot of people b- believe. They say, "Okay, God, you're loving. I know you're a loving judge. Right. Um, are you? Can you let me go? What will you say as a judge? 
um, you I, still, I can't. you still, yeah, I still have to because you did commit the crime, even if you return the items. Let's, unless, look, unless, let's look at the law. Unless the let's person the who, is, yeah, unless the person who is offended decides to pardon you, yeah, they will still press charges because you did steal. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna open up your law book, and it's gonna say, "Hey, listen, I know you may try to make amends, but legally, I, I'm demonstrate. I have to." press charges on you now let's say someone else came in the judge's son says hey you know speaks to you and says hey um legally there's this missed thing but you know what like i'm gonna pay the fine there's there's a multi-million dollar fine that i can't pay you the judge's son says hey you know what there's no way this man can pay it he's gonna be death penalty <laughs> that's how gravity that's, a, that's the gravity of one lie. That's right. the reality. People don't think that way. The gravity of yeah. one stealing one phone is death forever. Death. The judge's son comes and says, you know what? Like, there's no way for this person to pay. Is that fine? But judge, will you accept? I'll die for that person, for that phone. I'll die for him. And the judge, as you as a judge... Like somebody got to die. Yeah. Normal judge would say no. Right, right, right. But the, the God as the judge. Somebody got to pay. You know what? Let's do I'm it. I'm okay with that. Right. But not only that, like, so legally now the judge says, okay, my son has died for, for that, for you in your place, for that phone. He's dead in that, in your place. And now legally. You're pardoned. Right. I can pardon you. That's the gravity of what we're talking about. Mm. Like. You know, and that and that choice that God made to put forth his son, because God didn't have to put forth his son to 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 pay the penalty. But the fact that he did. And there's a whole bunch of more. There's a lot more theological things that we could dive into, which we don't have time to do today. But in putting forth his son, he pays that ransom. He pays the payment. The penalty of sin is death. And he pays for it in full on your behalf. And that reflects the glory of God in the mercy of God, the God's mercy. Well, he says that he doesn't desire anyone to perish, right? So, yeah. So in the reality is like, I, I don't want to get into super theology stuff, right? Yeah. Because God chooses, but then also you make a choice. Sure. So the reason that we spread the gospel, the reason that we tell people of this good news that, hey, the, the, Jesus wants to have a relationship. Right. You got to respond. Like, like, he, right. like, think about that. The almighty God, the person that created you, wants you to talk to him every day, wants you to walk with him, wants you to ask him when you're in need, wants him to, for him right. to supply, hey, hey, God, like, uh what kind of groceries you like we take it to that extreme but like yeah god wants that type of communion and relationship clearly at the end of jesus's life what does he makes a prayer right before he's about right he dies right he comes back to life right. he stays on this earth for 40 days right and right before he gets ascended back to heaven he's like he makes a prayer to god he says god out father i want them meaning humanity mm. those that accept me i want them to know you like i know you he it's like the bridge he wants now we have direct access to the one the creator of all creators bro like the, the like the 
Yeah. Direct access. To Direct God. access. Like Jesus made that way way. Yeah. You know. And he made that way through the through not just the sacrifice, but the resurrection. Oh. The resurrection is there the is token. No resurrection, resurrection there, there is, is no Christianity. No There's nothing. So through the resurrection of Christ, which uh, in previous episodes we talk about the confirmation of the resurrection of Christ. You can look at uh, some of our previous episodes. We do dive into that. But in the resurrection of Jesus, it again demonstrates the glory of God because now Jesus sitting at the right hand of his father and giving us promises mm -hmm. for a future in him and that we it's would our be, lives can be resurrected yes yeah, so we, we can be resurrected. Uh, we, we have a glorified life yeah so it, you know uh, it, it, to kind of sum it up god's glory when we hear that term god's glory god's glory it's that it's 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 everything he is in in in, in his character, it's everything that he is in his majesty. It's the reflection of his genius in creation, in, um, in his perfection, and his glory's blinding. And his glory cannot be touched, and his glory cannot be compromised. And we, don't, we can't, no matter what we try to do, we you know, try, to, try to knock that glory down. It's not going away. And, and yet, in Christ... We have access to this, to God's glory, to God himself, who is glorious, right? And sometimes there's this weird, and going back to the example I gave before, like we start to, you know, ask, with God, glory come down and we want your glory, we want your glory. We want more God's glory more than we want God. Like, I want God. Like, God is everything. All those things we talked oh, about. Yeah. We, we just want him. God, we want your presence. We want you here today. We want you before us. God, your spirit. This kind of goes into your, that temple thing. Yeah. We are the temple. Now we are the temple. Yeah. We can go into a Yo, we did. We go. That, yeah, we got to go. Like ne that, next but, podcast. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, yeah, you know, breaking down the, the, the temple in the 70 AD, boom. Now we are the temple, the Holy Spirit, like just all kinds of things we could talk about. But the, that, the, the reason I say that is because the glory, like a... Uh, just a little snippet maybe of the next that's it of a future okay. episode right the holy of holies is the where the the holy spirit literally dwelled it was a physical tent physical temple in time of jesus right the tor the veil tore when yeah. jesus gave his life it tore from the bottom thick 60 feet high six inches thick tore from the from the top down not the bottom so two people can't tear that literally what does that signify then now we are the temple of God. But this is the crazy thing is now the, the holy of holies is you. The temple of God is you. That's the glory of God. So when you talk about like what exactly what you were saying, we're yeah. in church and saying, God, let the glory, of, let you glory come. And we are the glory. So that's why he says obedience is better than sacrifice. To love me is to obey me. Our, our lifestyle brings glory mm, to God. Yeah. Our satisfaction our, in him what brings we glory do to God. Brings, and yet we're saved by grace. We sin, it's even right. as a believer. But God is gracious. And even in that sin, like yeah. he, we stub our knee, we trip, we fall like a little kid. And as a father, he breaks us up and says, yeah. dust it off. Come on, continue to walk, continue to run. And that's that beauty of relationship. Man. That, and, yeah, man. Yeah, we were talking earlier. We were talking about that a, little, a few days ago. We were talking about how there is no hero. No hero. 
Jesus a, is the only yeah, hero. Yeah, the Jesus is the only hero, but there's this tendency even. But when, what about David? He's not David, a hero. David in the Bible. Okay, so David in the Bible says he's a man after God's heart. He's playing the harp when he's like little. He gets anointed from Samuel to get poured on, like, right? He becomes like the king. He slays a giant, does all these great works, slays a physical giant, <laughs> becomes, slays like tens of thousands of people, whatever, you know, right, that's right, just right. hyperbole. I don't know. Right, right. Who it knows? Could be right, yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be literal. Um, but is a great warrior, becomes a king. That's a great person in the Bible. What happens to him? Fall. Fall. Sin. Fall Sin. short of God's glory. Fall short of God's glory. The only one is in the personhood of Jesus. Yeah. Who has to be changed. If you think about Adam and Eve, they were they were perfection, chose to sin. It had to be perfection mm -hmm. to pay the price. Nothing nothing could pay the price yeah. for sin than perfection. Yeah. Yeah, we can't, we can't, and it's good to quote, you know, look at uh, people in the in, in scripture, the historical, pe you know, things that happen and all that. But when you peel back the layers, there is no hero, no, none are good, no, not one, not one, not one. You can put that on whoever you know. What about Paul? Not one. Paul himself is saying not one, so he's saying, you know, I'm not good. He tried to. Oh, I thought he he actually killed. He was killing Christians. He right? was, he was approving the killing of okay, Christians. Okay, all right. All of them. Not one. All of them. Not one. Every single one of them. He said, "No, not one is good. Not one. There's not one that we can go back and be like, man, he was good." No, we're all. It's all God. Because it's not our righteousness in His glory, in right? His grace. It's not based. It's on God. Us. It's not it's based him. on my good works. It's not based on what I could do because I can't do it's it's all based on him so yeah. you know if again going back god's glory is uh is is, is something that we should uh, we need to pursue him to experience what that looks like what that means to to come in contact with god's glory his gloriousness his 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 presence his majesty his wisdom uh, everything that that he is um uh, and so, you know, live out a lifestyle of obedience to God, um, you know, seek after his word, get it, get into small group, talk about things that we're talking about right now. I mean, this right here could turn into a four hour small group easy yeah. and, uh, you know, talk about his word, just get plugged in, uh, figure out what it looks like to to live a lifestyle of obedience. And it's pretty clear in scripture, right, what the, what that means and what that looks like. But um but one of the, the, the best ways is to know your position in God, know who he is and know who you are relative to he, who he is in his holiness and perfection. And that's a great starting point mm -hmm. to start to figure out what what uh, lifestyle of of satisfaction in God and doing all things to the glory of God actually looks like it means. So uh, thank you so much for listening. You could catch us on uh, all platforms like iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, we have a Facebook account that we'll be posting. iTunes. Uh, that yeah, iTunes. Um, just all of our platforms. Just check us out. Spread the word. Show us love. If you have any questions and you, or you want to give us some show suggestions, email us, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. Or you can send us a message on Facebook, and which Proof Beyond Reason. We'll be happy to connect with you. But uh, we're signing out. This is Mike the Baptist. I'm J-Mo.